What up, though? Welcome to the Fat Boy MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything combat sports, but mainly MMA. If you want to hear a couple regular MMA fans talk about MMA history, notable fighters, up-and-coming fighters, and everything in between, then this is the podcast for you. Now, I should warn you, we're not professionals, but we are big fans of combat sports. Now, if that sits good with you, grab a beverage, sit back, relax, and let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fat Boy MMA Podcast. I'm your host, DC. And of course, I got my co-host here with me, Locke. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And we have a special guest in the building. We have no other than the returning guest, Holiday, coming back to us. What up, doe? So... On today's podcast, the reason why Holiday is here is for a very special reason. We were having a conversation, and we were talking about a recent fight and grudge matches and everything like that, and he had an interesting take on grudge matches. So, this is our first topic, and I actually want him to roll out kind of what he was thinking or what that conversation was. And then that's going to kick everything off for us. So I'm going to actually pass it over to you, Holiday. Cool, cool. Yeah, so <clears throat> everybody loves a good grudge match, especially when you talk about fighting and especially when you're talking about MMA. In a grudge match, when they really look like they hate each other, you get excited to see it. But I hate, absolutely hate when a grudge matches between a striker and a wrestler. Because every time I see it, the wrestler pretty much just takes the striker down and you never get to see them fight. If it's a regular fight, I don't care because it just is what it is. But when it's a grudge match, I want to see people get their face beat in. When you leave out of the cage, <clears throat> excuse me, when you leave out of the cage ring, whatever it is they're fighting in, I want at the end of that it to feel like a grudge match because they were slugging it out. I hate when it's just a wrestler and the striker, and then a wrestler just holds them down. Because, yeah, the wrestler wins most of the time in that uh, instance. But it feels so, I don't know if lackluster is the right word, but it, anticlimactic, that's what it feels like. It feels like y'all need to fight again. And that's the reason why Masvidal had to go fight Kobe at the uh, restaurant. Because it's like, bro, <laughs> we didn't really fight in the ring. You just held me down and did pillow talk. So that's kind of my stance on it. I wish when it's too grudge matches they just not allowed to wrestle unless both of them are high level wrestlers because two high high level wrestlers always end up just striking but when it's a wrestler and a striker it's just somebody laying down and the other person getting laid on so Locke as our residential wrestler you know when I mentioned this to him he said too bad that's your fault for not being able to wrestle so I would like to get his opinion on it Well, I said that gives you two legitimate options. I understand where where you're going, and I and I hear you. But I would say it leaves you with two options: one, learn to wrestle, or two, watch your mouth around wrestlers. You know, so it's two different <laughs> options to deal with the grudge matches if you are afraid of getting wrestled up. But I don't, <clears throat> I don't think nobody's afraid to get in wrestling, but. When you want to pound somebody's face in, you don't want them just laying on you actually what you have for dinner. Like, oh, I smell like you had pancakes this morning. I can smell the maple on your breath. You want to see blood flying, eyes getting, you know what I'm saying? You want to see something 
you want to feel like it was a grudge match. So, you know, you can learn how to wrestle, but who wants to do that? Locke and all the wrestlers. <laughs> this is this is um this is one of the things that I thought about for this. Um and this leads into, you know, kind of what I what I want to talk about a bit, which is um of course as we know just recently one held a mixed fight, mixed rules fight with Demetrius DJ Johnson and Rod Tang. And of course DJ is a mixed martial artist and he was the tournament champion at I forget what weight class it is over there. But he was a tournament champion. Then he lost the regular belt to the current champion. Ratang was the Muay Thai champion under their Muay Thai rules. And so they kind of put them together in a mixed rules fight. And the way that that fight was to take place was first round Muay Thai under their rule set. Um, second round MMA under their rule set, which for people who don't know, is not the same as the UFC unified rules. But uh, it was going to be a Muay Thai round, and these were three-minute rounds. Muay Thai, mixed martial arts, Muay Thai, mixed martial arts. And I think it was a five-rounder. I'm not sure. Um, but um, it was interesting because it allowed for both people to be in their element. And you really just had to take advantage of the opportunity when you're in your element. So I want to know what do you all think about a, as a format of something like that specifically for grudge matches and special fights and it does not have to be that exact same rule set but something where it's mixed where it gives kind of both people a chance to do their thing but i think it's much more exciting for the fans i i think that that would be great and my argument for the reason why is because they made up an entire belt called the BMF belt. You really just made that up for two people who don't deserve belts. So if you could just make stuff up, then you could just change these rules and allow us to have a grudge match. Could you imagine if it was a BMF fight and all they did was wrestle? Nobody could say they did BMF if all you're doing is wrestle. <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be horrible. So I think that'd be great because... In my way of just a straight-out fist fight, if the wrestler is not that good of a striker, then they had a disadvantage, right? Because they're not that good of a striker. And then vice versa, the striker's at a disadvantage. But in what you propose, it basically gives everybody a chance to shine in their element. My question would be, how would you decide what goes first? Because like, if I'm a striker and we do striking first, if I just knock you out, you might even get a chance to wrestle at all. So, like, do we flip a coin like the Super Bowl, or how do we get there? Yeah, good question. Um, I don't know how they got to what it is for there. I, I would say, you know, you have a few different ways to do it. It could be a coin toss. It could be something as simple as who's ranked higher in a prospective division where they get to choose to go first. I think you have endless possibilities as to – you know, kind of how you would decide that or, you know, even what the different rules are. So, um, and it's not like no promotions have ever had any type of alternative type rule sets. Um, like we've talked about in the past, um, what is his name? Shoot. Uh, um, 
shoot, his name is on the tip of my tongue, that um, over in Strike Force, you know, he had pretty much, uh, uh, you know, the San Show guy. Uh, he he was the only one pretty much. They Kung had Lee. San Show. Yeah, Kung Lee, just for him, right? And now San Show wasn't a made-up rule set, but it wasn't a part of, like, MMA, but they had it just for him because – he was one of their, you know, stars and they wanted to do something for him. So promotions absolutely can do whatever they want. So Locke, I want to get your opinion on the whole thing. Well, I do have to give it to you guys because going into this, I thought this is the most ridiculous thing. I don't see how this is a topic. And, and I always hate that the emphasis always becomes on the wrestler having to adjust to other people's style. But, Having heard you guys, I think both of you have made some decent points. And uh, I think, like, Holiday kind of broke out the big guns when he pointed out the BMF is just a bullshit thing that they're able to do. I'm like, ah, fuck, yeah, they did do that. <laughs> that is true. It's hard to argue with that, you know? And the 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 Rod Tang versus DJ thing, I think, is a little bit different. Because with that, we're trying to think of these elite level guys that are around the same size from two different sports. And we're trying to think of how can we make them compete? And I think there's a couple of different factors in the one. One is Japan who doesn't really care about a sanctioning body. They're like, yeah, we're just going to do whatever we want. So there's that. So that means we're either going to have to do it overseas or we're going to have to do it on a reservation are, are, are the two options. Um, didn't, didn't we just see a fight a couple years ago? Between a hundred and thirty-seven year old Chuck Liddell and a hundred and thirty-two year old Tito Ortiz, they got sanctioned, and Chuck Liddell barely could walk or move. You don't think we could get a mixed rules fight sanctioned in the U.S.? It was tough. I don't see how that got sanctioned. I don't even think that's the best example. I think Mayweather versus McGregor is the best example of how the fuck did we get that sanctioned. Or even better, um, yeah. Holyfield versus Belfour is actually probably yeah, the worst. that may have been the worst one. That may have been the worst one, yes. No, that, they, that was pretty sad. Um, so we could possibly do it, but I think... Here's the thing. Rod Tang and DJ are rare. There's not a lot of people that love the spirit of competition and this, you know, commitment to exploring martial arts and trying new things. Over here in America, we tend to, we just want our money. You know what I'm saying? And it's all about this image and the social media. So, for example, because, I mean, the the elephant in the room, obviously the worst grudge match of all time is the Colby Covington-George Masvidal, um, where he just got smothered the whole time. You know, so I I definitely say, you know, you have something like that. You're not going to be able to get them to agree to a Rick's rules thing because Colby is not going to be down, you know. And now you're talking about and then Jorge is actually probably the A side on that, you know, so you got to factor that in. And I just think being able to get guys to do that would be very rare. Um, I think a better way to go would be something that we had talked about before is Dana had always been wanting to move towards boxing and always wanted to be a boxing promoter. And and I'm thinking like maybe some kind of a side division where you could always have that as an alternative if two guys wanted to get at it to where you could have the UFC boxing where maybe it's a little bit of a different rule set, but they could box as a way to eliminate it as opposed to a mixed rule uh, grudge match. So using the example that you just gave of, 
Kobe and um, Masvidal and you saying that you don't think that um, Kobe would uh, basically agree to that. Do you think that he would agree to a straight-up boxing match where he don't even get to wrestle at all? No, probably not. I don't. You don't want to get me going on things I don't think Kobe be willing to do. I think the whole reason <laughs> we're having this conversation is based on pillow punchers McGee with the gas tank that somehow that puts you on the top of the pound for pound list. Um, because I think if we look at another grudge match, an all time grudge match, where you have Khabib and Connor, where there was a whole lot of grappling. And Khabib didn't do a whole lot of laying praying. It was a legit, legit grudge match, and he was trying to smash Connor every second he had him on the ground. So I don't think the issue is it's the lay and pray style. It's the Josh Koscheck, you know, school of fighting that was really bringing down that match. And it's because Colby knows if he trades with Jorge Masvidal, he's going to lose. So secure that win and get the opportunity to run your mouth the best way possible. Before we get too far away from the rule set, because I want to go back to um, back to that part in particular, um, this is the reason why I think people would go for the mixed rules. One of the things that we see the evolution of happening, particularly in the UFC, which we're seeing with Masvidal, um, we're seeing with um, um, I'll think of his name in a minute. We're seeing more and more fighters. We're seeing things going back to, as we've talked about in the UFC, there's like a wave of lose a couple fights and you get booted or you can be a fan favorite and stay a little bit longer, right? We're seeing a wave of more people like Masvidal, like, of course, as we know, the Diaz brothers that can take L's and still be relevant and still get big fights. But I think it's it's spoiling the sport It's making the sport bad because it's all because of their big talk or whatever. And everybody trying to be Conor McGregor. And I don't want to see the whole sport go to that. Whereas if you have just like, you know, as holiday mentioned with the, the BMF title, if you have these special other things or rules where it's not based around you being the best MMA fighter, it's just based around you being an all around bad motherfucker. Then it's easier for us to put you in here regardless. There's no um, ranking that, that you have to be at a certain ranking or whatever else where you can kind of call somebody out or whatever and go out in this rule set and have these fights. And um, if you make those fights, um, particularly if they're a part of a pay-per-view, which I think they can be some of the biggest pay-per-views, you give those individuals pay-per-view points but you tell them basically you got to be able to sell the fight and hit a certain threshold and you get pay-per-view points. All of a sudden now you have guys that maybe never cracked the top 10, but people love, or they're not going to fight for that title. But all of a sudden now they're getting pay-per-view points on their fights. And if you have real grudge matches, and once again, it doesn't have to be the exact same rules where it's a Muay Thai round and a MMA round, but something where both people and that's a part of you know the negotiation but something where both people are able to kind of get their thing so it literally could be a boxing round with mma gloves on right and then a a a mma round or something like that but something that allows for it to mix up so that now 
it's exciting for the people. And I think to Holiday's original point, it's not that we don't want to see these matches in MMA. We would love to see them in MMA, but they don't end up being true MMA fights. It ends up being a wrestling mauling. And that's just not good for the fans. The fans don't like it. So, you know, and now it also becomes hard to sell again. But let's say you had Masvidal and you had Kobe and it was one of those mixed rules, right? And both of them had a tear of a round each. And then somebody went out the third round. You can resell that fight. You can't resell what happened in that last fight, right? So I think that's the issue. Yeah, I um I agree. And I'm going to tell you what I was thinking about when you was talking. <clears throat> because to Locke's uh, earlier point, I think the Khabib thing you brought up was a good thing. Because A, from what I remember, Khabib was willing to trade. I actually felt like he was winning on the feet when I remember. Um, and he really wanted to hurt him. So when he got him down, it was like, I'm going to hurt him. Where that didn't look like what's the name's thing. But uh, I forgot what the fights was last weekend. I don't know if you dated or whatever. But um, one of the commentators said, it's a good thing this ain't such and such ref. Because he basically don't let you stay down there that long. You got to do something and go. What I was thinking about when you was talking is, because Locke said, well, it's always on a wrestler. What if they did something where you can wrestle, but you got to actually do something when you get down there. And if you don't, they standing you up like pretty quick. Now, I know that can be iffy because if you look at something like jujitsu, um, you know, you kind of trying to get them in there, but there's still activity versus just basically, I know you can't get up. I'm going to make sure you don't get up. I ain't really punching you. I ain't really trying to take no, uh, break no limbs or take no arms home with me. I just want to win the fight. That really sucks when you're talking about a grudge match. If you're talking about regular MMA, cool. But you sold me that y'all hate each other. If you hate somebody and you got them down, then you should make sure they stay down. Yeah, I think the thing is, though, they're looking to win, not to really beat up the other person in that in that sense. And that's what makes it lackluster, right? So if you're Kobe... You're thinking about your stock. You're thinking about winning and all the belligerent stuff you're going to say after saying that you're the greatest, right? In that instance, you're not thinking about if you are really going to hurt Masvidal or not. You're not thinking about punching through his face, right? So I can agree. You know, I guess the biggest thing isn't even necessarily whether it has to be mixed rules, but the fact that I think it would be dope to have some different rule sets for special fights in the UFC. Other people have done it, but in the UFC in particular, the premier organization where they do something like that so we can get better fights in some of these instances. So to the, the to your point on, uh, okay, if you hold them down, you got to do something, that's kind of already in the rule set, right? But you know, to your point, it depends on it's subjective. There's not a set number or a set time. So, and in, in, uh, the UFC, they don't stand people up that much, you know, in the old pride days and like, you'll remember this, of course, you'd get that yellow card or that green card and, and for stalling. And it wasn't as simple as, Hey, stand up. Literally when you get that card, it takes away money out of your purse. 
So people were more motivated to say, I'm not just going to lay and pray or stall. And in most people's opinion at that point in time, pride was more exciting than UFC during that time. Yeah, the the yellow card, the card idea might not be bad only because I think it'll also play well with the international audience. You know, most of them are soccer fans. So even though that seems weird in America, uh, internationally, that's an accepted form of penalty. So there is that. Um, I actually like Holiday's idea a lot. I That was actually what I was going to say is some kind of you know, adjustment to if you're not advancing or striking, you know, you start a clock, you know, you start a countdown. And if, you know, you're not doing one or the other, it it does make it a little dicey. But I think in situations like that, like we talked about with Colby Covington, you know, once you get this guy down, if you know, if you don't start landing some shots, they're going to stand you back up. And you know that Jorge Masvidal is a better fighter, that that might motivate you. Because I know, like you were talking about, Oh uh, the, yeah, but they're still thinking about the win. But if they know it's going to get stood up if I'm not working, and and I know some MMA kind of does it now, but they're I believe Iron Ring, which was BET's attempt at the Ultimate Fighter, actually had like a quick stand up rule like that. So to me, I think that'd be the easiest way to do it is a quick stand up. Um, I mean, but I also am always a favor of doing anything to kind of mix things up and keep it interesting. Because I understand why UFC went the direction that they did, because that's what you had to do to get it, you know, mainstream. But that doesn't mean I don't miss Gerard Jardot versus a sumo fighter or, you know, other random, you know, shit like that. And I was really excited about the Rod Tang DJ thing. So I do think UFC, you know, they they, they have some wiggle room to try try some different stuff and uh and I think they're just a little hesitant now with the big sponsors and ESPN to try stuff like that because I think Dana was more than willing to go that way at one point I think um he mentioned a problem with the boxing was the 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 water is so muddy over in boxing he really just questioned whether he wanted to be a part of that right it's just so muddy but um um, as far as the, you know, as far as the time thing, you know, as I said, yeah, if you have a specific rule, great, but there's still no real penalty. So if we take the Masvidal, um, Kobe fight and you keep standing that up when Kobe's not doing enough work and there's nothing other than you standing them up. He's just going to take Masvidal right back down. And it's going to hurt Masvidal way more trying to not get taken down and blowing his wide than it is for Kobe to continuously take him down. Wrestlers, that's literally what they did over and over and over and over again. That's what their bodies are trained to do. Something happens, you get up because, you know, in wrestling, it's not like fucking WWE or something. You know, it's you take the person down to get a point or to get a certain, you know, whole pin or whatever. And then it's stood right back up and then you go right back at it. That is their cycle in wrestling, right? So that still wouldn't necessarily hurt Kobe. If there's no type of penalty or there's nothing that really forces 
another another set of action, standing them up does nothing, in my opinion. Except every time he's got to try and take them back down, you're running the risk of getting that Ben Askren. You know, it does happen. It's not often, but every once in a while, you know, especially if you get comfort as the enemy of technique and you just start taking them down and taking them down. It only takes one time to get sloppy and uh, you get caught coming in. That's true, but that's definitely not exciting. We're talking about stuff exciting for the fans, and that doesn't sound very exciting. Yeah, we definitely want to keep it exciting. The funny part, this obviously couldn't work, but I was thinking about, like, <laughs> it's like a punch count. Like, you got, once you get stood up, you got to throw this many punches before you can even attempt to <laughs> take, down, <laughs> take down again. Like, listen, if you ain't through 15 punches, you can die, or 15 strikes. You know, you got punches, elbows, instead knees, of a Instead of a punch count, uh, a time clock to after the stand-up would be doable. Right. If you get stood up, you can't shoot another takedown for 30 seconds or 45 seconds or whatever it is. Like if if you make a takedown and you don't advance or you don't strike and it gets stood up, you put on that time clock and you're not allowed. You're you're not allowed to, you know, go no takedowns for the next minute. I I like like that that a lot. Yeah, I like that. And there could be a sound behind it, just like how we had the, you know. The sound when you're coming toward the end of the round so people know or whatever. There can be a special sound specifically for that where they know so you're not trying to, you know, you're, it's not one a thing that you have to think too much about. You get stood back, you already know, you know, but allow for that person to still have other, and this is the, the benefit of it still being a mixed martial arts fight, but with that type of rule set. The person can still grapple. You just can't take the person down. So, for example, if you want to throw them against the cage and do some dirty boxing or whatever else, do a few different things. Um, but because I think if you're a Masvidal and you really want to fight Kobe, but you want to get some grappling in, so to speak, right, which is one of the things he said over the next year or so, he wants to do all wrestling, right? But at this that's what point, said. yeah, that's what Masvidal said. He was on a, a podcast. I forget whose podcast. It might have been Logan Paul's podcast where he was talking about it. But um, it's it's way easier for you to only have to worry about one aspect of that that grappling right now to really really hone in on. And if you're having a fight like what we're talking about, and he can focus on striking and just the cage work that's way easier to have a competitive fight rather than him trying to actually do enough wrestling to be successful against somebody like a Kobe. So I actually like that a lot. And that gives you your built-in, uh, your penalty, because you know, you know, if, if, I, if I'm not active while I'm down here, I just bought myself a minute of stand-up with somebody that, you know, I can't really box with. So, see? We be fixing all Dana's problems, man, for free. We do. We, we got to work do. on we that. We need yeah, to check. I, yeah, I think that's – that's because the thing about it, <clears throat> I really think the fans would like that a lot. When you you add in the aspect of the sound, right? So like you said, when it's 10 seconds left, you hear that. With the same thing. So you know once you get stood up because of inactivity – until you hear this next sound, you can't go down. Even to the fact of, let's say, like, it's advancing penalties, right? So the first time is 30 seconds. If it's the same person, the second time is a minute. 
if it's the same person, the next time it's a minute and 30 seconds. So you basically being penalized if you because like what if you do like 30 seconds and then Kobe get up and just run around the cage for 30 seconds. <laughs> so he's still not really mixing up. He just kind of running. Goes, like, uh, was that Caleb Starnes? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Uh, um, type of a deal. But if you change it to where it basically keep extending the penalty, then it's really going to force you that you only got like five minutes. So you'll get to the point where it'll turn into what DC said. You keep doing it so long. Now you at the five minute mark. You ain't got no choice to hold next round. You you can't even take them down. You got to strike. <laughs> but it also, it keeps it even. It keeps the integrity of your individual style. So if you are a wrestler, you still can do that. But you, you better pull a Khabib and get to work while you're down there. Or else, exactly. you know, you got to deal with it. And that's still exciting. Like, I love, I, I, I'm not a person that's against the ground game, which, you know, as we've talked about before, I'm one of those people. It's a lot of fights that people don't like or don't think exciting, and I like them. I like a good chess match. I like a good ground and pound. I do not think ground fighters are boring. The problem is when you get the person down and you really don't do much, right? You're not busy, you know, but Khabib was a different type of person. You know, he's going to hold you down wrap a hand behind your back and punch you slowly while he talks to you like he did Michael Johnson. <laughs> you know, you listen, this is my destiny. You know this, right? Oh, you don't know? Pow. You know this, right? This is my destiny. Go ahead and give up. No? Pow. You know, I love that. That's that that should be a part of the sport. So if you're putting in the work while the person's on the ground, you should be allowed to be to keep putting in that work. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. I don't. I don't believe that wrestling nor ground game is boring. It's to the point, like you said. It's just when the people they know that they could just hold you down, so they just work on holding you down. That sucks. But even when you like, I love when you hear when a person go down and you hear the commentator say, "They better watch out because he good at getting to the back." Oh, look, he already made it to the back. Like even if you look at somebody like Ronda Rousey with her arm bar, everybody watch out. I don't say nothing. <laughs> We don't say nothing bad about Ronda Rousey on this podcast. Should, should I switch to BJ Penn? No. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But everybody knew that she was coming in looking for this arm bar. But you was okay with that because she's trying to take your arm off with it. There's some type of pain being inflicted. There's something going on. Versus to the Kobe point where you're just holding somebody down and you basically like putting lotion on their face. You know what I mean? It's like, that's boring. Even people who, because I would hate when I watch a fight and they take them down and you see they throwing elbows and they going for submissions and the crowd is booing. I'm like, why are you booing? This is a lot of work going on. I love that, but I do agree with the crowd and hate when they just take them down and they just holding them and they're not trying to advance. And I get it sometimes if you're tired and you're trying to give yourself a break. Most of the time, it'd be the case where they just know the other person can't get up. And basically, if they hold them down, hit them one time, DC the commentator, they won the whole fight. <laughs> but let me say this, though. You're just bringing in we extra can't... people to throw under the bus, too. Like, you know what? Let's kick, the, let's kick DC under the bus while we're here. Fuck it. That's true. We know he would do that. Um, but I will say this. I don't think Kobe did a lay and pray. I just think it wasn't exciting. I've seen 10 times worse lay, real lay in praise, and I don't think he did in that fight. 
the problem comes in, and I think this actually goes more to probably why you see it that way, Holiday, because this was a big grudge match. And that's one of the reasons why we would want the rules 100%. for something like this. If it was just two two guys in a fight, it was a very active fight. It was a lot going on. But yes, it's the build up and it's the talk that makes it. You want to see somebody come out looking like they just lost a scrap. And, yeah, the history. Yeah. You know, training partners really hate each other. Used to be best friends. I want to see a grudge match. And also, George Jorge Masvidal has worked very, very hard. He's got Bo Nickel in his camp that he works with exclusively, who's a world-class wrestler and a big dude. And he worked really, really hard. And he was able to do pretty good. But Colby's just that level of wrestler that you can't, you can't have a couple good camps and get there, you know? So it, you know, that's a lifetime of mat time that has built into that. So that played into it too, that he was good enough to keep Colby from beating the shit out of him, but not good enough to stuff the takedowns or get up from under him. I think you and I talked about that with, um, with the, um, with the um, Connor fight, you know, Connor Khabib fight, everybody gave Connor a lot of shit. But if you watch that fight, Connor did really well in the grappling area. The problem is you're fucking fighting one of the greatest grapplers MMA has ever seen. I don't know if you all watched that recent video that came out of him grappling against Luke Rockhold. He was manhandling Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold is like twice his size, right? So, you know, you just. Some people, when they're disciplined, are just different animals. And, you know, in particular, in areas like grappling, where you're able to see just a big gap between people, you know, you can go in and wrestle for the next five years straight and do nothing but wrestle. You're you're not going to reach their level. They're at a different level. They've been doing it since forever. And it's a it's a different everything. It's different mechanics that they're built with from a young age, different muscles that they're using from a young age that you just haven't built up. And so I think sometimes people get a lot of shit in that you, you don't know what you're doing. And it's like, no, I know what I'm doing. This person is just that much better than everybody else. And that's what people don't get. So even though Connor did really well in some of those scrambles and everything, Khabib, especially, you know, as I talked about, the most impressive thing to me with Khabib is his chain wrestling. He's going to, it doesn't matter how many times you stop him, he's not going to stop until he gets you and mauls you. And that's the thing that, that it's just hard to, okay, you stop shot one, two, he gets you down, but he really doesn't have you, three, four, five, well, ten in, now you're getting mauled and you're tapping out. You still got mauled and tapped out, right? But it's not like you didn't know what you're doing or you just can't grapple. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I liken that to uh, when you had like the sh- shut down corners in football and they shut down somebody the whole time. But if you catch that one touchdown, they always say they got you. But it's like, bro, we just played four quarters, 48 minutes, however long it is. He got one touchdown. But all you see is that touchdown. You don't see all the times that he actually got shut yep. down. Yep, exactly. And, and then when you do shut him down, nobody like, appreciates it because you don't make any plays. 
So it looks like you didn't do shit because you have that so shut down that they don't even try. So you don't get no picks. You don't get no, you know, pass passes defense. You don't get nothing. And they're like, oh, I don't know. He ain't registered a stat in two games. Like, oh, yeah, because you shut down that whole side of the field. That's I'll let you all say any last thing on this. And then I actually want to switch subjects. So anything left other than we have the rule set, the rule set that we've determined, the way that the rule set is going to be, it's going to be an MMA fight. But once a person is taken down, you have to inflict damage. You have to work. And if there's a certain period of time in between time where those people, and it's going to be a set number, so it's not dependent on the ref, where that person isn't putting in work, they get stood up. And then there's going to be at least 30 seconds in between when they can actually take a person down again. And possibly that number will go up if it's the same person. Any last thoughts on any of that rule set? And this is going to be four grudge matches, special rules. It should have its own belt like the BMF. Yeah, no, I think that that is great. I think we figured it out. Maybe next we should tackle cancer. We're solving all the world's problems. <laughs> Anything at lock? Yeah, I would say just one more caveat if you want to make it even a little bit more interested in, because it is uh, a grudge match. And I know Dana White doesn't like to do co-promotion, but we take the new rules and uh, we mix in a cr- uh, co-promotion with BKFC and we really, uh, we really get it bloody, you know? See, Holiday, this is what you don't know. Okay. Locke has a side deal. Like, you remember in New Jack City when he found out that, you know, G Money had a side deal? So, Locke has a side deal with Bare Knuckle Promotion. And he has a quota that he has to meet every episode where he has to bring up Bare Knuckle Promotion. So, anything can be going on, right? We can be talking about, you know, anything. We can be talking about Ronda Rousey and wrestling. And he'd be like, you know what? But you know where she really would have shined? If she would have went to bare knuckle promotions. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want you to know what's going on. He's meeting just, his quota. Go ahead, Locke. Just ahead. two things. What's your quota? For one, what says grudge match more than bare knuckle? And am I my brother's keeper? You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that actually takes me over to our next topic. And um I'm going to throw a few things out on this and then I want to open it up for us just to talk about it. So as we know, just recently, uh, Tyson Fury beat, um, Dillian White, um, in, in boxing and for, you know, heavyweight title, he's pretty much beat. I don't think he has anything left to do in boxing. We haven't got the Joshua fight, but I don't think we are going to get the Joshua fight. That's the only other fight in boxing for him that anybody wants to see, right? So And a little of the shines off that fight now, I think, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um after that fight, he actually had um he actually had uh uh Francis there and Francis came into the ring and they talked about it and everything. And of course Dana White was furious about this, but that's neither here nor there. They are really doing everything in their power to put that fight together. And they're talking about all types of options for that fight. A boxing match, a boxing match with small gloves, 
just recently, it's a, a guy, I was reading an um, a article from Low Kick MMA, where there's a guy named Tan Aspinel, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing the name incorrectly, but uh, he's supposed to be a friend and former teammate of uh, Tyson Fury, and he talked about how Tyson Fury's kind of doing a lot of uh, like grappling and stuff like that with other British athletes. Um, they were showing in that article some of the video or some clips of him training with uh, uh, Nick Diaz. Now, I know him and Nick Diaz did some stuff last year. I don't know if any of that was recent or if it was the same old stuff. But he mentioned he's been doing some grappling training with um, with Nick Diaz and everything like that. And so um, he also ended up mentioning in that article, and it's funny, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to add this topic to what we were talking about before. Uh, this gentleman, Tom, he, he brought up in that article, we possibly could even see a mixed rules fight like Rock Tang and DJ. So this led me down, you know, to the question, um, a few different things that I'm not sure on this fight. One, the first question is, do you, do you all think that this fight will happen within the next two years? Cause if it doesn't happen within the next two years, it's not going to happen in my opinion, but that's the first thing. And second thing, what would you want to see? Would you want to see boxing with MMA gloves? boxing a mixed rules fight or possibly and this was one of the things that i thought about was um some type of double booked fight which this has been talked about in the past where you have one fight let's say that's a boxing match and you have an entirely different fight already scheduled x amount of months later as an mma fight or something like that do you all think this fight is going to happen and if so what kind of rule set would you like to see that you think would be really exciting for these two behemoth giants? I uh, don't think the fight will happen, but with the caveat is I don't know what Francis contract is. I think if Dana has anything to do with it, I don't think it'll happen. Um, But I would love let me, to see Let me throw happen. this in real quick, just because of what you said. So just so you know, basically he's he already fought his last fight on the contract. But in their in their contract, if you're the champion on your last fight, your contract is extended out one year or one fight, I believe it is. Lock, correct me if I'm wrong. It's one year and one fight that your contract is extended out. But basically he's already fought out his contract. It's just that extra, you know, ending because he closed out his contract, the champion, but technically he fought his last fight. So he only has one more fight left in the UFC and he can kind of go and do what he pleases. And correct me if I'm wrong on that lock. I believe you are correct. I wasn't able to pull it up uh, in time, but I do think that this fight will happen within the next two years for sure. Um, yeah. If Good. I was just gonna say, yeah. If he, if going back to the point or what I was saying, if he is under uh, uh, out of contract, basically, I do think it'll happen because I think he has leverage even to sign a new contract with the UFC because he's already out of contract. So I do think it'll happen. And to answer your question directly, um, I like the whole 
have a boxing match first and then an MMA match later. Two different reasons. A, we're talking about these two people specifically. Francis is a puncher, but we know there's a big difference between it being a puncher in MMA and a boxer. But he's a puncher, so he has a fair chance he hits hard, right? But then that also gives Fury more time to work on his MMA stuff before they get into the MMA because I believe that you can make the transition from MMA to boxing faster than you can make the transition from the opposite way because I've lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um, So that would give him more time. And then it gives both people no excuses in their own element, right? Because there's no muddier than the rules. Boxing is boxing. But could you imagine how bad that would be if Fury lost and box? Because there's no way he's going to win MMA. <laughs> so if he lost a boxing match and then lost the MMA match, that would just be really, really bad. But since he retired, it kind of don't even matter because he done did his thing already. So I think I think what they'll probably have to do is they'll pretend like they're meeting in the middle and do like the mixed rules, like MMA gloves or probably do it in a cage or something like that. Um, I would be okay with it if they allow a little bit of, uh, you know, clinch work, you know, I think that would be something like towards throwing a bone, uh, in Ganu's way. I don't know that the MMA gloves is a big thing. I know that to a lot of boxers, they really hide behind their gloves and that kind of thing. I don't think that that would make a big difference in, in Fury's style. So I think even with MMA gloves on, uh, you know, I think Tyson Fury would still be pretty effective. And I think there's no way he even attempts an MMA match. And I believe that he's been training. I believe he's been doing some grappling. But I think a lot of times these... These big-time boxers, you know, we're still at a point where heavyweight champion of the world is a lot bigger than any UFC thing. Even though UFC is the bigger sport now, you know, that's like a classic title that's kind of brought in. And I just don't think these guys are willing to risk their legacy like a James Tony did. Like, a lot of these guys just aren't willing to try it, and I don't think he'll ultimately do it. And I think if he did... I don't know if you watched that video of him wrestling or him grappling with Nick Diaz, but he probably shouldn't because if, if he's and and Nick Diaz is a great grappler, but he's probably eight inches shorter and a hundred pounds lighter than Tyson Fury and, and Ganu who is more of a stand up guy, but his wrestling had came around considerably. He might be a prodigy, like a GSP type that's picking up quick. I don't think that's a game that uh, Fury wants to play. If Nganu was smart, he shouldn't have showed that tool yet. He could have kept that under his belt. Now the secret's out. The world kind of knows he can wrestle. He could have still pretended like he didn't, and we would have believed him. No, I think he needed it for you know for that championship, um, especially the second one, the the defense against Gon. I think Gon Gon's team already understood his striking, but I think they were worried about his wrestling, right? And I think that changed your game plan. Especially for a guy like Gon that stays on the toes and, you know, fights more like a light heavyweight, right? Um but um yeah, I think the best rules that I and and I don't remember we talked about this before for another match for something. 
But I would love to see MMA gloves with all dirty boxing rules, right? Give it Muay Thai rules, but no actual, like, kicking, right? So put it in the cage, you know, or hell, you can do it in the ring, but allow for elbows, allow for clinch work, allow for tosses, but the toss, you can't hop down on them, right? You toss them to the ground, they got to get back up. Uh, the reason why I think MMA gloves would be a big advantage for Francis is because I'm still of the belief that Fury is a cheater. Every time I see those gloves, his gloves looks like nobody else's gloves, period, I've ever seen in boxing. You don't see that cut type of fold. You don't see the knuckles and gloves. So I'm of belief that he's already boxing with MMA gloves on because there's no padding in his fucking gloves. The only difference is it evens the playing field where now his opponent also has no padding in their gloves, right? Even when we look at that rematch with Deontay Wilder and they went down and checked the gloves, I watched that video. As you know, I'm not going down that road because we've had many arguments about it, but there's no You're, you're not going far down that road. We're yeah, I'm not going far down. We're on I'm the road right down now. There, but I'm, I'm making a U-turn, okay? Let's u-turn okay i'm making a michigan left <laughs> so but saying that to say um i think it evens the playing field because i think if his opponents also have no padding in their gloves we get a real chance to see his power against theirs you know with you know you really being able to put knuckles on somebody without that padding and um, I don't think, to your point, though, I don't think MMA gloves would hurt him any, especially because, you know, as they mentioned, he actually has a bare knuckle fighting background and everything like that. I don't think it's going to hurt him any, but I think it helps Francis with not being lulled into thinking, hey, he's going to come in with these, you know, nice, cushy, you know, 14 ounce or whatever they heavyweight uses gloves when in reality he has no padding and his big gloves weigh six ounces because there's nothing in them, right? But I would love that rule set um, in a cage or a ring, but MMA gloves, boxing with dirty boxing, elbows and everything like that. And now I think that's something that Tyson Fury can easily over the next year, year and a half, train for without having to worry about the heavy grappling and everything like that that would come about in MMA. Yeah, I like that a lot um, <clears throat> because, to your point, the biggest hurdle, I believe, is, like, defending leg kicks and being taken down and stuff, right? So if you don't have to defend leg kicks and you don't have to be taken down, you just got to worry about, like, getting your eye elbowed out, right? Can we get a knee in there, though? I don't know. But um, I think knees should be okay in the clinch, but, you know, yeah, it all depends. Because it's knees to the body. Well, then I want to add foot stomps. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that would be actually really entertaining. I think it would be the closest to quote-unquote fair. I definitely think the gloves will make a difference because I look at, like, uh, when Floyd fought um, Connor, right? Connor caught Floyd with that one uppercut. And it stung him a little bit, but I think it would stung him a whole lot more if Connor had on MMA gloves and not boxing gloves, right? Um, so I do think that makes a difference 
because even if he's used to bare knuckle, we're still talking about that difference in power of you being hit in this particular fight. And we've seen in person, Francis Ngano uppercut somebody's head off of their shoulders legally, like all the way off their shoulders. It never came back on their shoulders. It was gone. Um, So because as we know, when you're talking about striking, it only takes one. And then once you're allowing elbows in and dirty boxing and clinch work. So now when you watch boxing, it will like punch, punch, grab, referee black. Come on, man. Get run, run, run. Let's get out of here. Right? But if they get the clinch in there and you get to slide in some elbows, those elbows are going to definitely uh, add up because now you're getting cut and stuff like that. So now when you're getting hit, it's even more on top of that versus if you just got punches. It takes a lot more for you to get cut, relatively speaking, versus if I can slice you with an elbow when we in close. I'm used to grappling, used to sort of grappling, and I can kind of hit you with these small gloves. I think it works, but when you take a person like Tyson Fury, what's good about his style is he has that defensive style. So I think because he's not like a brawler, I think it still gives him that fair shot of, okay, you got smaller gloves, but I'm not really letting you hit me clean with these small gloves. So I think that'd be perfect, actually. Yeah, I agree because when you look at his defensive style, yeah, he does a lot more shoulder rolling than he does. He doesn't hide behind his gloves a ton. And maybe it's to DC's point that he wasn't talking about is that, he, you know, he doesn't like his gloves that he uses. But, he doesn't um, have gloves to hide behind. Right. But I think in that fight, you know, with these these rules, and I, and I like the idea, I would take Nganu just because, you know, he is next level. Like you said, the uppercut that was here in Detroit, you know, I was there. That was, that was impressive. That was a crazy thing to have seen in real life. That was, I don't watch anime, but I know it's a lot like that. So that's kind of one of my references to it. So I would take Nganu in that fight still, but I think with kind of, you know, the mixed rule set that we came up with, with the, the clinch work and the dirty boxing and stuff. I honestly think, even though I would take Nganu, that's a style of fighting that's still, Tyson Fury is very well suited for, maybe even more so than boxing, to tell you the truth. Yeah, no, and that's one of the reasons why I like it. I don't think it's a big disadvantage for either guy, but I think it makes the playing field more even. Um, I think it's something very winnable for either guy, especially when you look at how Tyson Fury fights and how he's able to use his range to do the dirty boxing. You still got to get in on Tyson Fury, which is not an easy feat. Right. So um, um, I think it's it's even for both guys. And to your point with the defense, you have some people that the gloves are a big, big part of their defense, right? Back in the day, a fighter that I remember that whose gloves was a big part of their defense was Winky Wright. You know, he would come in with the gloves over the face, elbows forward, and, you know, take those punches on his forearms and whatnot to land a punch. That was a part of his defense. He wasn't a big kind of head movement guy or whatever. Um, And then you have other people like Tyson, who, you know, he doesn't even put his gloves on, you know, on the sides of his face. He put them under his chin and he just slips every punch to get in, right? Um, So you have these different styles 
as to whether people's gloves are really a part of their defense or not. Um, and I don't think Tyson Fury, his gloves for the most part are a part of his defense. So I don't think taking the boxing gloves away hurts him any. I just think it helps Francis some and it helps even that playing field. Another problem solved. <laughs> uh, de definitely the best, best of both worlds version that, you know, can make it fair because to Holiday's point, you can learn to grapple a little bit. The takedown is what's good because then the takedown causes scrambles and that's a lot to learn. But yeah, the clinch work, the underhooks, I like it. Yeah, uh, I, I like it a lot. I feel like that's the the closest to fair, even back to what we were talking about earlier. Because earlier, it was still two MMA fighters, right? So I think that rule set was perfect for them because you're still doing MMA. It's just like, if you're going to be trash, we're going to get you up out of here. Whereas in here, we're talking about a boxing MMA fighter. And I feel like this is the closest way to make it even to where both people have an advantage, and specifically because we're talking about one fight versus when we're talking a grudge match, we're just talking about anybody who has a grudge match. This being one fight, what makes it even better is because of what we said. The styles in this format actually works for both parties to where I honestly believe that both parties will believe that they have a fair shot at it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And um, to your point, I think it's different, you know, in the different sports versus cross sport in particular, something specifically like boxing versus MMA. Um, so, you know, I think we solved two big things. Um, I think somebody needs to hurry up and cut a check because this is what we do. We solve shit. You give us your MMA and combat problems and we solve that shit. Uh, we definitely, I'm waiting on the check. I haven't seen no checks come in for bare knuckle waiting on that check. If it's a backdoor deal, you just need to understand we a team. So those checks need to come in to fat boy MMA. Okay. We need that check. <laughs> oh, so this and is a then, communist podcast. Okay. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, you know, um, Frank white. If a nickel bag gets <laughs> sold in the park, I want in. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I think, we came up with what I think could be some really good stuff to um, to push for the sport that we love. And when it really comes down to it, the sport that we love is combat. We love combat sports, you know, and I've talked about this since the beginning. Even though this is Fat Boy MMA, it's really a show about combat sports. It's just we watch more MMA than anything else. But I am a lover of combat sports. I don't care if it's wrestling I don't care if it's Muay Thai, BJJ, boxing. I love combat sports. The most exciting combat sport to me right now is MMA, and that's one of the reasons. It's probably the one that I watch the most. But there's so many things that come about, like that Rotang DJ fight had me on the edge of my seat the whole fight, and I was worried and praying for DJ. That was exciting to me. Um, when I hear about or like how we talk about a pox possible mixed fight with Tyson Fury and and, and uh and Francis Ngano, that gets me on the edge of my seat. That gives me like the you know the goosebumps on the back of my neck. I get really excited about stuff like that because at the end of the day, I'm a big fan of combat sports. So with that said, 
I want to give you all any last words about anything that we talked about uh, before we wrap this up. And one last thing I want to throw in there. Um, I don't know. This probably won't. Yeah, this probably won't be out. I'm sure it won't be out before tomorrow's fight. But Locke mentioned uh, Bo Nickel. And uh, he is having his professional MMA debut tomorrow on Fight Pass. I don't remember what league he's fighting in, but I know it's going to be on Fight Pass. So we will it's definitely Icon have FC. to. It's Jorge Masvidal's it? promotion. Okay. We will definitely have to have a conversation about that because, uh, you know, as everybody knows, Carson was on here. And when I asked him about who we should watch, He's very, very high on Bo Nickel, so I'm really interested in investing in seeing Bo Nickel do good in this fight. Any last words? Yeah, um, I think we have a real solid combat sports think tank going. So the podcast is called Fat Boy MMA, but it's really like combat sports think tank. And I think we would sound significantly smarter if we just rolled out the final product because, look, Nick Diaz versus Leonard Garcia in BKFC. It's a great idea. The welterweight tournament. Great idea. Um, you know, we, we, uh, the grudge match rule set. We come up with this. It only doesn't sound smart because we let you hear the part where we talk it out. And that's the embarrassing part. The final product is actually pretty good. It's the, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the bullshitting way to try and come to it that, uh, you know, gives us a bad name so we need to get us a marketing person to put it together in some type of slide deck and then put it out there to market it and we just put fat boy mma all over it so people can't steal it and they know it's our idea that was what i heard we got a watermark it yeah i think that'd be great or you know somebody who do coding just make a video game out of it like this is what it could be you could see if you just play the game but no i think i think everything from today uh was great because i'm not ashamed to say all the way until i don't remember how old i got but basically when the rock retired i was like a big wwe fan and i thought they was good at selling grudge matches and it's all fake but you know i mean even they had a part i don't know if either one of y'all watch wrestling but where they used to do the boxing for real. Um, uh, they had like a couple times where they would just have like straight up real life boxing matches. Um, but, uh, you know, they give you the hell in the cell. So it's like this grudge match ain't over until one of you motherfuckers make it out the cell. So it's not even like 30 seconds to get up. It's like somebody got to not be getting up and the other person got to make it out of this for it to be over. I know we can't get that sanction. You know what I mean? But I think we got the closest thing to it. <laughs> I like we just it. Go, we got to go to wherever let Tommy Morrison have that last fight. I think they'll sanction that. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I like what you said. I, I don't, um, I, you know, I didn't, really didn't watch wrestling. When I watched wrestling, it was way, way, way back in the day. You know, I'm more of the Hulk Hogan. Macho Man Randy Savage type wrestling fan, you know. Your your boy uh, TJ called the Junkyard Dog a journeyman on our show. Disres- the disrespect. <laughs> the disrespect but, uh, is ridiculous. But um, 
I didn't know that they had real boxing matches, but yeah, WWE definitely did a, a good job of selling stuff. But I think the difference is it's pretty scripted so you can control the whole dialogue, right? When you have a real sport, unless you really want to water it down, you, it's it's harder to control the dialogue. You look for the issues that you get the buzz that are there. And then you try and create situations where those people come in contact with one another to make the issue, right? And that was one of the things that um, Francis Agano talked about before or after the um, gone fight. And um, I believe what he said, and everybody tried to act like it wasn't a thing, but he was talking about he was on his way down and I forget what it was for. I don't remember if it was for that fight or the fight before, but he was on his way down to where he should be going. And they were going a certain way, which was the most direct way there. And he said, whoever was, you know, the person leading him, they get a call or whatever. It's like, oh, let's turn around. We got to go this way. And they turn him around and specifically walk him past Ghana. He's like, as he's walking up, he sees all the cameras are right there. And so he doesn't look at anybody. He doesn't react. And then afterwards, he talked about it. He said, I know what they were trying to do. It's my old coach and the guy that I'm about to fight. And they're trying to create a situation. And I'm just not playing into it. So no, I didn't speak. I didn't anything. I wasn't playing into that. That's what organizations like the UFC or the quote unquote real stuff. That's what they try and create because they can't script a narrative if that makes sense well i want to thank everybody for uh listening to another episode of the fat boy mma podcast really appreciate the listeners always if you can share us on your social media uh share your favorite episodes give us any reviews or anything like that but thank you for listening we're out that wraps up another fat boy mma podcast if you have a topic for us please email us at fatboymma 55 at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media by going to links.fatboymma.com. That's links.fatboymma.com. Thank you for listening.